0: Literary Slummers to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna.
1: And I'm Em. This week we have a submission for a unit sent to us by uh, Elliot, who asked us to look into books uh, featuring stories in which the play. In which there is a play and it consumes the characters, uh, which we did not know what to expect going into this. But he uh, also sent us the suggestion of a book to start with, which was uh, Robert Swindle's Inside the Worm. Did I get the title right? I totally didn't even look it. Yes, okay. so it is right.
0: I kept forgetting the title, to be <laughs> honest, because I was thinking dragon and they go mm. by like the term worm for dragon. So Yeah. But yeah, yes. Um. so we read that and... What do you think? Um, so this is a genre that I don't typically read, which is middle grade horror, because mm-hmm. I am 30. And so this is, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty interesting to me. What? Um, <laughs> I know. No, I, I think I liked it. But for me, there's a big disconnect between, like, what I would consider plausible or, like, Scary. I don't know. There was something here mm. that was... It, I wanted to really enjoy this book. um, And there were parts of it I did enjoy. But I think there was just something missing for me. And I can't quite figure out what it is. That the whole time I was just kind mm. of like disconnected from it a little bit. And it might be because I'm old. I don't know. How about you?
1: Um, I also... I suspect it might be the age thing because that's 100% how I felt. Not that, you know, we have to feel the same about all things all the time. But... um. <laughs> yes we do this is our podcast we are same (laughs) i was (laughs) i was reading this and thinking um man i really wish i had read this when i was like 11 because i think i would have really liked it then but it was a little bit like low stakes i guess and also um the the kids acted like middle schoolers they acted like 13 year olds which they were and i don't have a problem reading younger um younger books or even books for a younger audience I think the fact that we are you know committing to reading a million more Animorphs books probably proves that but I did feel a little bit like um I was just not the target for this book however I do think that if I had been I would have really liked it so I think like like I get why Elliot when he wrote to us about this was like this sparked like this interest in me because i think if i had read this at 11 i would have been like this is the coolest shit because it's like a really (laughs) unique concept and definitely like pretty intense for that kind of like age group i think Mm -hmm. but for me as a 28 year old it wasn't because i'm 28 yeah (laughs) that's not the book's fault i could
0: see i could see where it wanted to go Um, But I just, like, wasn't along for the ride. And that is 100% my fault. I just wasn't, like, I wasn't ready. But, yeah, I – it is interesting because uh, we were kind of discussing before we started recording today of, like, trying to – I can think of this trope in, like, a lot of TV shows or movies and stuff where, like, the Mm. play kind of comes to life and you act out the play for the episode or the duration of the movie or whatever – But I can't think of a lot of books that do this. So yeah, like you said, it's a really interesting trope, and I would, I am interested in finding more things like this. Maybe things that are more um, for adult audiences or different genres that we typically read. Um, Because again, like horror is not really our jam per se. Maybe it will be in a future year. Maybe we'll find a horror book we like somewhere down the line. But I'm I'm
1: going to. Go ahead and guess that it is going to be in a future un- unit, though not one for a while. I think we'll
0: have to work our way up to that. Maybe by October we'll be brave <laughs> enough to do horror. But <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I just like because I feel like we would have to read Stephen King, right? And I'm just not ready to oh. read like a thousand-page book about. He's scary got things. shorter ones, doesn't he? Could do. Yeah, the Richard short story Bachman ones I think are shorter, but all the like like mm. Salem's Lot and Carrie and so I think. It's, well, mm. maybe not Carrie. I don't know, but I know a lot of his are really long. But anyway. Back to this short book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was another good thing about this book because it is. Uh, that that sounds very rude that I am phrasing it this way, but because it was, uh, you know, for middle grade, it was short, which made it a quick read. Um, which is always nice, I think, when you're just dipping into a genre or a trope just to kind of test out the waters. It's always good to start off with a a little a little a little guy a little boy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: as opposed to like the almost 600 page tome i dropped on emily a couple fortnights ago <laughs> <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so okay i guess i would then recommend this book to someone of the appropriate age yeah. i think this could be like if you're a tween or even a little bit younger i feel like this would be a really spooky good read
1: if you're a tween why are you listening to this
0: podcast Please stop. Please. Also, um, can I speak to your parents, please? Because please put your I need mother on the phone. Need to discuss some things.
1: You are grounded, young man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree. I think if let me say, if you have a, a tween in your life who you, uh... <laughs> if you have a tween in your life, <laughs> if you've got a, a niece or nephew who thinks you're very uncool and likes to read. Uh, maybe suggest this book because they probably haven't read it because it's an older book, you know, it's from the nineties. Um, and you know, those tweens, they're all about new books. (laughs) What are they all about? about?
0: Tell me. What are tweens? What are tweens? Um,
1: Dude, I just realized this is completely off topic, but I just had the moment of, and I'm having more and more of these, and I know I'm not, like, ancient or anything, I'm in my 20s, I don't want to hear it from you 30-year-olds, but, (laughs)
0: like,
1: I did have the moment the other day, (laughs) I did have the moment the other day of being, like, I have very, very strict rules, I guess, about what makes a good salad. About
0: what makes a good what, (laughs) salad?
1: Salad. (laughs) And they're so old that this is the thing these are the things I care about. Okay.
0: Now. I think that's very valid because I have had a lot of, um, I've sent a lot of like pictures to you of what my husband considers a salad, and they're mm-hmm. not salads. They're just piles of lettuce.
1: subpar. subpar. Here's the thing. I think that all things are salad if they are um cold. The, okay, a salad is cold, not hot items mixed together, and that's a salad. That's mm-hmm. that's what a salad is.
0: Yes, that leaves the door wide open for us Midwesterners that want to throw some potatoes and eggs mm-hmm. together and call it salad. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> However, it's not a good salad. Mm-hmm. There are very strict rules for what makes a good salad, and Michael's lettuce piles are not it. No,
0: they are so sad he's like well but i made the salad dressing so i'm like okay if you can make your own salad dressing surely you can come up with more things to go on a salad than just spinach leaves gotta put some other veggies in there at least maybe some hard-boiled egg maybe some cheese
1: you need at least one squishy thing one leafy thing and one crunchy thing texturally in order for it to be a good salad. Mm,
0: I like lots of crunchy things. I
1: agree. More crunchy things better, but you need at least one.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, this is 100% true.
1: And lettuce does not count as the crunchy thing. I, right. That's a leafy thing. I also might argue that you need a crunchy <laughs> thing and a crunchy thing. A crunchy thing being something mm. like a crouton. A crunchy thing being something like a carrot or an onion.
0: Yes, yes. Or like, crout- oh, you already said
1: <laughs> Point being, my mental faculties are taken up with considering salads, not what tweens like. So I don't actually know if your cool niece or nephew would like this book, but I don't know. Maybe give it a try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the very least, you could introduce them to this podcast and then they'll think you're really no, cool. No, they
1: won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so all you tweens out there, pause the podcast right now. <laughs> Come back in the, I don't know, like four days it takes you to read a chapter book. It, again, I think I'm underestimating children's abilities.
1: <laughs> Come because I'm old. <laughs> Come back in six years when you're an adult you can listen to this podcast.
0: Yeah, that too. <laughs> We need to put like before each episode, we need to have like one of those drop down menus of like when is Mm -hmm. your birthday? Are you allowed to listen to our podcast? And we're not going to put those bullshit like 1990 or 1900 years on there. Like you have to, you have to put your actual birthday. And we're going to know if you try to pretend you're like over 100 years old listening Mm -hmm. because those people that old don't know how to listen to podcasts. So,
1: Mm. wow, ageist.
0: All right, so now that I've insulted two groups of people
1: in the first five minutes of this
0: episode, (laughs) let's go ahead and summarize the
1: book. Oh, give yourself some credit. It's the first 10 minutes.
0: Oh, that's true. I did wait a little while, at least. I got the introductions out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) So in the town of Ellsworth, they are hosting a festival to celebrate the thousand-year anniversary of St. Caradwin defeating a dragon. And I looked up on Wikipedia how to pronounce this, Caradwin, But mm-hmm. they did like a fancy like tongue roll. They were like, Ca- Caridwen. 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 <laughs> I can't do it. Caridwen.
1: <laughs> See, I was going to guess it was a soft C, so I was just not even in the right ballpark.
0: I thought so too. But just in case there was anyone out there that was really into ye olde English, I didn't Mm. want to offend. So I'm not going to roll my R every time because I'm bad at it. So apologies for the lazy pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the town gets together and decides that the year eight students of Bottom Top Middle, which I think is the greatest name for a school, Bottom excellent top excellent <laughs> have been asked to produce a play at the festival and they have to write it and come up with the costumes and like everything which i thought was a lot of responsibility for a bunch of 12 year olds but okay.
1: yeah and here's my other question about this whole setup none of the mm-hmm. other grades have to do shit exactly like i thought this was gonna be like a school festival thing like very um anime where uh you know All of the different grades have to do their part for the school festival, and one of them's doing a play, and one of them's doing a, you know, rice booth or whatever. But no, it's just a rice booth. These guys are just look. (laughs) (laughs) Look. I don't claim to be an expert. (laughs) But if there's one thing I know about anime, it's they got a lot of rice. (laughs)
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just the year eights, and everyone else watches them do stuff. Yeah. But then, like, even the teachers don't, they're, they're so hands-off. They don't they are even know, like, what direction this is going or anything until they check in with them once a week.
1: It's just really weird to me. Mm-hmm. They also, I think this is a little later, but I did really appreciate the fact that when the teachers do check in with them, they just use it as an opportunity to roast a bunch of 13-year-olds. Yes! They drag these kids. <laughs> They're like, "What's good, kids? What's how's the play going?" And the kids are like, "Well, I've got my costume together. I'm using a, a old jacket from my mom and, you know, some like pants that we've got together." And the teacher's like, "Haha, so your usual outfit, then, fucking loser."
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> And the other kids are like, oh, he's just going to narrate the whole play while we act behind him. And they're like, oh, good. It's because he's always talking in class and and shit. And I can't stop hearing his voice in my head. Like, they're so mean.
1: Good. That idiot never shuts up. Like,
0: what? (laughs) And then also, they only give these kids three weeks to do all of this. Which, again, that's a lot.
1: It is. And they give them three weeks. But I really enjoyed... And this was kind of the moment where I was like, this is not a book for my age group because there were a couple moments where they were just like kind of over explaining stuff. Where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, the Romans were a group that came to, like, they had to, you know, explain like history and stuff that like probably everybody, not, I don't want to assume everyone knows, but like most people are going to know. But maybe not, you know, the 11 to 13 year olds that this book isn't intended for. But there is this (laughs) moment where... Um, two of the characters are talking about their preparations and they're like oh how many weeks is it or like how long do we have and the uh, main character goes three weeks wasn't it we're in the first week of april right festival week starts on saturday the 24th and our plays the following saturday which is may the 1st so we've got about three weeks by my reckoning but so we've got about three weeks by my reckoning and i'm like this is reminding me of when i used to like volunteer to do um historical not reenactments but like Uh, I sat around a living history museum and explained to kids what carding wool was. And they always wanted us to, like, try to throw stuff in to, like, help them practice their math and whatever. So it was, like, all inclusive. So I'd be like, okay, kids, if the mommy and daddy had 13 children plus mommy and daddy, how many (laughs) outfits did mommy have to make? And they, like, have to watch the kids, like, do the math of 13 plus 2. It was like that, where I was like... (laughs) 12. I was like, this isn't meant for an audience who's, like, still trying to piece together how the world is formed.
0: Yes. I particu- particularly liked when they had to explain what understudies were. Mm, yes. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I feel like very basic things are being explained. But then again, I am 30, as I have said multiple
1: times. I think also maybe, in addition to us being too old for this book, um... I think also maybe there is the pre-internet factor because I think this is a yes. thing more in children's books from the '90s and like even early aughts where it's like we have to make sure the children understand what's happening in this book and they cannot Google things. But now it's like all these little fuckers are reading this book on Kindle. They're just going to highlight it and like web search and if they don't out know what, what the hell's going mean. on. You know, yeah. it's fine. They'll be fine.
0: <laughs> they they would have just Googled a play about Caradwen. <laughs> so okay so they're going to set up this play and then they vote on who gets what part which again I thought was a little bit wild but they are just a bunch of 12 year olds at least. <laughs> <laughs> and Felicity who goes by Fliss gets the role of Caradwen and her best friend Lisa is voted to be part of this big dragon um and they need three other people, so it has to be, like, a four-person dragon altogether. And so her another girl who isn't important gets to be in the butt. And then two boys, uh, Gary is the head, and David, who they call Trot, because his last name is Trotter, is, like, somewhere in there. Who knows? So the four kids inside very dragon. Very British. <laughs> and Caradwen, who is the one that's supposed to defeat the dragon. So Fliss is like, "Mm, my costume, since we all have to make our own costumes, mine's already made because I was a bridesmaid last year, and I'll just wear my bridesmaid dress. Um, But I guess I should help you guys make the dragon because that seems hard. So they decide to build this dragon in Trot's parents' garage, and they make, like, such an elaborate costume. Again, am I Mm -hmm. underestimating what 12-year-olds can do? Because they build this from scratch. It's like a wooden and wire frame. That they've kind of designed so it's like a ladder. So it like rests on each of their shoulders and they pop up through the different parts. And they put a wire frame over that. And then they're going to drape fabric over it. And then they're going to make a head out of paper mache. And they like, I don't know. It's just like, it was a lot.
1: I think probably the thing with this is it should have been very bad, like this dragon. But there's like, and I think this is heavily implied in the book, that like Mm. the magic force of the dragon or whatever is like making the dragon be very good okay so it's like kind of like, guiding them too probably yes because at one point they're like at one point I was like there's no way this dragon looks good right because mm-hmm. they they've made the um the body and the head and they get like bobbins to use as teeth and they paint them all and they've already made the head out of like paper mache but they they're like okay, well, we got to put these teeth on the dragon. Let's gouge holes in the mouth that we already made and then, like, gl- hot glue these teeth in there. And one of them's like... It's so slapdash. One of them's like, guys, this dragon looks really good. Suspiciously good. Like, better than it it's should too look. too good. It
0: should look like shit, you guys. We are 12-year-olds.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it should look like shit. So I think that, like... The force of the dragon that was defeated low these thousand years ago, and spoiler alert, is coming mm-hmm. back to inhabit this dragon, is guiding them. Because you see that like later when they get the uh, fabric for the dragon, like they're like, "It's just a stroke of luck." Oh, is it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's fate. And that was kind of a problem I had with this book is nothing's explained. I, I don't. No- That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, at the end it's all just like kind of goes back to normal yeah. except the kids all feel bad, but mhm. Anyway. So, yeah, they, they make this dragon. And then um they get like old car reflectors for eyes and old bobbins for the teeth and it just look it's too real and it's too scary and Fliss is like, <laughs> "Ew, I hate it. Get it away."
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> You and your idiot friends make a paper mache dragon and you're like, I'm scared I can't look upon it. It's visage. It's horrible car reflector visage.
0: I can see my fear reflected in its car reflector eyes.
1: Which also, can I just say, they get those stupid car reflectors and they tape them on and they're hot glue or whatever. And they're like, wow, the eyes are so cool. Where'd you get those? Oh, I got them from like my dad's old car. I took the reflectors off. Or that wouldn't look like eyes, you guys. (laughs) Eyes have
0: pupils. Like, what are you doing? It's magic. They're magic eyes. (laughs)
1: Ugh.
0: Lisa and Fliss admit to each other that they are feeling super nervous about this whole thing. Like, they don't... They can't really put words to the feeling, other than that, like, they feel bad or wrong about it. Um, And Fliss has been having... She had a nightmare, I think, about it. About her being Keridwen and having to slay this dragon. But they're like, well, it's only a play, so... You know, let's just stick with it. Uh... (laughs) so they finish the head this takes place over like i don't know a week i think it's not it doesn't take them again it doesn't take them very long to build an entire dragon from scratch that four people can fit inside Mm. um so at the end of the week they finish the head they've added the teeth and lisa's like gary do not put the head on it is too real it is too scary (laughs) we gotta go we're gonna bounce she and fliss leave before they can see what happens to gary putting on the head i don't know and they they go their separate ways, have lunch, and get back together the afternoon, take a walk around town. And they come across this theater that's being demolished. And one of the workers comes out to make banter with the children. Which I was like, is he flirting with
1: 12-year-olds? Yeah. Because... Yeah, ooh. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ooh. <laughs> hey, ladies. Would I, either of you like to buy a theater? <laughs> How much money you got? Um... But he's like, here, take these old curtains. Maybe you can make something pretty. Um,
1: This was the wildest thing in this book to me. Like, bar none. And this is a book about a thousand-year-old dragon spirit inhabiting a paper mache dragon and possessing some children. But this was wild to me. <laughs> just this whole curtain situation. Because, like, number one. Okay, so they're demolishing the theater, which, whatever. Y'all, theater curtains are large. You can't just give them to a 13 year old what are you doing like yes
0: (laughs) they're very so i just looked up so assuming this is like an old-timey theater Mm -hmm. the average theater curtain weighs like
1: 800 pounds (laughs) right (laughs) from a 1920s to 1930s theater they need the whole pulley system in order to like lift them and close them and move them because they're very very big and heavy. But they give this these, these um curtains to this 13-year-old and she like is like, "Oh, they're so bulky and hard to carry." No, they're impossible to carry. You're 13. <laughs> and not he-man. Like, what are we doing here? She has the power of Caradwen. Right, you're right. My bad. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> But they're, like, okay, so the way they're described, they're, like, they're satiny green, which, okay, I guess that, like, I'm thinking, like, dark hunter green for a theater curtain, right? Yeah. But then mm-hmm. later, when they're, like, using these curtains to make the body of the dragon, they're, like, let me see if I can find it. They're, they're like, it's shiny, like, it might be covered in slime or something, which. Ew. What? What fabric is that that looks slime covered? What are you talking about? What in the world? I don't like world? it. What are we... What? Has this author <laughs> never been to a theater? What is happening?
0: <laughs> it's the slime of all of the soda people have spilled upon
1: it. Oh, you're right. It's Surge.
0: Yep, it's Surge. That's why it's green. <laughs> uh, I hope Surge was out at the time that this book was written i would hate for us to be even slightly <laughs> anachronistic well let's find out i feel
1: like it was <laughs> hold on Surge like we've never been before soda. yeah we're always perfect and 100 percent accurate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh produced in the 1990s which doesn't oh no it was originally launched in norway as urge in 96 so it wasn't out at the time of this book. Ah,
0: urge <laughs> oh wow guess we gotta cut that joke nah, out dang it <laughs> So he hands her these curtains, and Fliss is like, whoa, these are heavy, but I'm He-Man, so I can carry 800 pounds. It would fit perfectly on the dragon, because four children can also weigh 800 pounds, or lift 800 pounds. (laughs) I hope they don't weigh 800 pounds. Those are some seriously overweight children. America has an obesity problem. But this was in Britain. Um, They
1: also have an obesity problem, though. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Lisa's, like, all freaked out about this. She's like, fate has brought these curtains to us. <laughs> and now the dragon looks even more realer and more scarier and too perfect. I hate it. I hates it.
1: <laughs> and more covered in search.
0: <laughs> so slimy. <laughs> Lisa considers dropping out of the play. Um, but she admits to herself that there is a compulsion to see this through. Some sort of dark compulsion. <laughs> so after school one day, the five kids meet up at Trot's house to finalize the dragon they drape the curtain on it and they like pin it all together and everything and they get in it and at first they're like so they have to like the 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 wooden frame is like a ladder and so each kid like pops up between the rungs of the ladder but only gary can see because he's the head of the dragon and that's where the eye holes are so the other kids have to put their their hands on the child in front of them's shoulder so they can figure out how to move so you would think like okay this is gonna be really awkward everyone's gonna fall over all of the time and they do stumble around for a little while but then very like almost supernaturally quickly they get used to just being four kids inside of a dragon costume and then suddenly they like seem to become even more than that they seem to become just one being And as they move towards Fliss, they're, like, chanting and repeating everything she says. And it's very bizarre. And she can't get any of them to respond to her. And so she just, like, runs away like a little bitch. And did you... Did you find this scene scary? I found it scary in the way that I find, like, cults Mm. and certain organized religions scary.
1: Okay. See, because I was very much just, like, not impressed with this scene. Like, I was like... Mm. Okay, so they're... Like being little weirdo creeps. Like they're thirteen. Who gives a shit? All thirteen year olds are little <laughs> weirdo creeps. They're taking
0: the joke too far. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was unsettling more than it was scary. Okay. Like you could you could see like I don't know, for me it was kind of more about, like, the the groundwork it was laying for what was going to be happening next,
1: but... Yeah, I mean, like, in the context of this book, I was like, yeah, I get why this is creepy, I guess, but, like, I feel like...
0: Oh, but, like, if you were there in real life... Yeah, I'd
1: just be like, listen... I, okay, so, like, when I was 13, my friends tried to convince me that I had a best friend named, I think, Dwayne, who had, like, died the year before, because basically what? my friends started to gaslight me for, like, what? a year... I was like, this isn't true. You guys are being idiots. And it was, like, a thing for, like, a while. (laughs) Where they just, like, kept trying to convince me. They made t-shirts at one point. Wow. That were, like... And I mean, like, I'm not... You know, like, I was a little, little creepazoid at 13, too. Like, I remember distinctly getting in a fight with one of my friends because they, uh... Wanted to dress as a book for Halloween and I was mad that they weren't on theme. <laughs> what? So I think I like... Oh, wait, okay, oh, what book no, 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 did no. they, they dress as? They wanted up to dress as. as a table. That's what it was. They wanted to dress as a table and I was mad they weren't okay. on theme. <laughs> so like, okay. we had a huge fight. On work. theme with what? Um, fairy tales. So what we ended up doing was that my other friend who was dressed as a book, which had the table of contents okay. with all of our various fairy tales, one of the fairy tales listed was Beauty and the Table. <laughs>
0: hold on though I have to talk about this your wild group of friends two of which wanted to be a book and a table for Halloween
1: (laughs) this is why I didn't this is why I didn't really doubt that these 13 year olds could make a dragon this quickly because both of those costumes were really on point it was a really good book costume and a really good table costume I need to see pictures
0: of this table costume I'm very intrigued was it a talking table?
1: I mean, her head was like in the center, so it was like uh, around her shoulders essentially, and her head was her head was like okay. in the center, and then like the tablecloth covered most of her body, and then she had like plates. How did and stuff. she do
0: anything that day? <laughs> she, she,
1: she just <laughs> did her best not to. I mean, she just to be fair, best. if you see a talking table coming at you, you're probably going to get out of its way.
0: That's true. Was this was this at school?
1: Uh, no, it was like uh, after trick after. or treating. Okay, okay. Oh my
0: god, a book and a table.
1: And what were you that year? Uh, was I was I was to? one of the three little pigs because I was on theme and, and an annoying child. <laughs> 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 okay i know
0: (laughs) So we have what people would see then was just a book a pig and a table
1: there were other we had a cinderella for a while we had a cinderella we had like a gingerbread man or something like that i think i think my younger brother was a fox maybe he was there uh wait wait like the fox and the the gingerbread man oh i I thought you said box (laughs) b-o-x it's just a box (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, why didn't you lead with that one?
1: <laughs> oh, man. oh my god! Anyway, my point don't is that thirteen-year-olds are fucking weird. So, like, if I had seen <laughs> this, this is true. if I'd seen this going down, I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, guys, cool." And then I don't know, probably chuck a slipper at them or something. Like, mm, I feel like
0: I would have been punching. Mm,
1: go straight for the punches.
0: Now, if Fliss had punched the dragon sooner, would the dragon have died?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Mm.
0: So really, fliss, fliss really? is the problem here. Dragon did nothing. Oh no, I guess I should say Gary did nothing wrong. Maybe I don't know.
1: The so what we're saying is that the moral of this story is: punch first, ask questions later. Yes,
0: yes. In the face <laughs> of possibly great evil. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Attack. I would actually like to go on the record today in the current political climate of what is happening. By the way we're recording this the day before the episode comes out so you guys should have a pretty good idea of like stuff that's going on right now. Uh I would actually like to say on the record punch first ask questions later is not the kind of energy I want to bring into 2020. Oh yeah
0: not like political energy but like if you're in a scenario where a dragon is coming at you I think that's an acceptable time. (laughs) Or if you're around a bunch of 13-year-olds, again, maybe an acceptable time to punch first, ask questions later. The next day at school, Fliss is like, I need to drop out of this play because I am too spooked. This is too much. So she goes to the deputy head and she accidentally ends up tattling on her friends, which is the most serious of crimes at that age. Mm -hmm. And Gary and Trot decide that they're going to get revenge on the tattletale, but they kind of have to build up to it. And Lisa also declares that she is no longer friends with Fliss because of the tattling situation. So Fliss is like, well, fuck. (laughs) This all went terribly. At this point, the kids in the dragon costume start to become bolder and more reckless with their dragon behavior. So it started out with they were just like wanting to try on the costume because it looked cool. But then they started wanting to wear the costume because it felt cool. So they the first time they took the dragon out at midnight, which was way past any of their curfews. And they like ran around the park and scared this homeless drunk guy.
1: So hmm? I just had this thought. This is essentially scalies, right? Is really what's happening. Scalies. Here. <laughs> you know, dragon furries.
0: Oh. I didn't realize. Yes. <laughs>
1: These children just all collectively realize this is their persona. Yeah, is what happened in this book.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't start, like, hoarding treasures. I think this is really a sexual awakening <laughs> for all of these four children.
1: I actually already had the theory that this whole thing was a metaphor for puberty. Oh. But, like, this is, I mean, aside from the last scene where they do, like, spoiler, start breathing fire, or the last couple scenes, I guess, like... This could all, this could all be like a thing that actually, this could be realistic fiction, Mm -hmm. right? If it was just these kids were all furries. (laughs) Yes. Except, again, scalies, because dragon. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like this theory. So, for some reason, the homeless guy thinks he saw a real dragon. And he starts telling people this. Then they terrorize a few of the neighborhood curmudgeons by stomping all over their various gardens. And they leave behind strange footprints that don't belong to any animal that the veterinarian can recognize. They finally get their revenge on Fliss um, during a dress rehearsal. When Fliss is supposed to defeat the dragon, the dragon instead grabs her and pushes her down a hill. And she lands in some mud and ruins her costume. But it's a moot point because it gets fixed later, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Which I could not picture how this was happening. Like, because when they're practicing, they're like, there's a part of the play where the dragon eats villagers and they're like, oh, we got to figure out a better way to do it. And the way they come up with is that, yeah, Gary like reaches out and grabs them. Is he like reaching through the head of the dragon or is he like just sticking his hand out the side of the dragon and grabbing people? Because that doesn't seem very
0: yeah good. i don't know i, I remember at some effect. point in the book they talked about how the kids had to pretend they were being dragged because there really wasn't a good mm. way to do it since the mouth didn't move but yeah i don't know i didn't really understand how this was happening
1: yeah but then the next rehearsal the next rehearsal they say like gary reached out and grabbed them and then like yanks them off of their feet so they're hoisted in the air but i'm like how is that possible when he's under the what? I guess I didn't. I didn't understand the mechanics of it. Clearly, they needed another three chapters describing the construction of this dragon because I wasn't. I was gonna
0: say. I guess we're not privy to that information because Fliss was uninvited from the costume making party. So mm. it's a mystery, lost to Good time. Point. They also. This is this was the weirdest one to me. They take the costume to the supermarket in the middle of the day, and basically cause a stampede of people trying to get out, and like lots of property damage, and a kid almost gets trampled to death. Like, it becomes a huge thing. But, like, they never really say... Do they say outright, like, oh, we all thought it was a dragon? Or were they just like, ooh, that costume did give me a fright?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because on the one hand, it seems the reaction... And this was kind of the vibe overall every time there's a reaction to this dragon. If it's a real dragon, if it looks like a dragon and quacks like a dragon, it seems that the reaction is a little understated because, like, I would want to continue to try to figure out what happened with the dragon. If it is, does not look like a dragon, which seemed to be the case in this one because everybody was like, oh, I remember the publicity stunt that the bookstore pulled where they had people coming in dressed up as bunny rabbits or whatever. Yes. Um, So, like, in that case, why are you guys freaking out about four children in a dragon costume? Again your your reaction doesn't match up to what's going on either way like whether it is yes i 100% agree like the spirit of this dragon makes it look like a real dragon then i would be like no guys we have to get to the bottom of this dragon thing not be like oh well the police will sort it <laughs> out won't they like oh. <laughs> we have to go out hunting for this beast right kill the beast <laughs> we got to get through one episode of one <laughs> podcast without referencing a Disney property. I think that nope. needs to be our goal for 2020.
0: Impossible. Because Disney owns so many properties. <laughs> it's impossible. It's, it's
1: everything now. It probably owns the rights to this. Inside the worm coming to Disney Plus 2021. Check it out.
0: Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say the podcast, and I was going to be like, awesome. That'd be great, actually. <laughs> actually, if Disney, actually, if wants, Disney to wants to own this.
1: I welcome our good. corporate overlords. <laughs>
0: Yes. I mean, I know I should be more concerned about the monopoly that Disney is creating on all of our favorite movies and TV shows, but...
1: Naboo, get those mouse dollars. If they wanted to buy me,
0: there is a price that I would sell myself for. (laughs) Just, (laughs) Just, you know, hit us up. Yes. Oh, and I can't wait for the cross-promotion. Like, we're gonna be... It's gonna be like... Winter Soldier, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier in Shelf Aware is going to be the next like series on Disney Plus. Just watch out for it. (laughs) Can't wait.
1: I know you just want to meet Sebastian Stan.
0: Oh my god though. I just Mm. There are a few men as perfect looking as Sebastian Stan. I just (laughs) Tasty! Tasty! (laughs) finally back to the book there is a journalist this is the last incident the journalist who is reporting on all of the strange things that has been going on with this lizard huge animal beast thing that the town can't decide what it is um has his prized pigeon coop set on fire and all the little birdies die it's very
1: sad but i'm just like
0: why pigeons man they're like
1: the rats that fly (laughs) i think this might be a cultural thing I don't know, maybe they oh. like pigeons over in Britain. What's going on, Britain?
0: I think they called him, he called them racing pigeons. Yeah, I know that's a thing. I have
1: questions about. I know that's a thing from watching um, something. Someone talked about racing pigeons. That was helpful and a good reference. Um, but <laughs> Glad I heard it. I don't know, we used to like, well, no, we didn't. I was going to say we used to like pigeons. Here's the thing, the thing the Cincinnati Zoo has a memorial to a pigeon. But it's this very specific pigeon.
0: Just the one helpful one. It's,
1: it wasn't even helpful. It was just the last passenger pigeon. Her name was Martha. It's a very sad building in the middle Bless of the Martha. zoo. But it's she was the last one. And there were a lot of pigeons once, but now there are none of but this specific so type many. of pigeons. There's other pigeons, but not like this pigeon. <laughs> check it out cross plus cross promotion for the cincinnati zoo cincinnati zoo if you want us to promote you get at us
0: oh yeah fiona Mm -hmm. there that's it that's all i gotta say right fiona the (laughs) hippopotamus um so while this is happening and the kids are being also being affected fliss is having nightmares on the reg lisa's having nightmares and regrets um Trot wonders how they could all see what was happening, even though Gary is the only child who can look through the eye holes of the dragon. But they all like very clearly see in their mind the events that are playing out. He's just like, mm, I got not think about that. Um, and Gary is just a little bit of a sociopath. And I'm not sure if he was that way before the dragon or if this <laughs> is like a new thing. Because everyone seems to expect this behavior from him.
1: <laughs> he's 13 everyone's a little bit of a sociopath <laughs> that's true but he like went and killed some pigeons <laughs> yeah allegedly not, not a good lo- allegedly <laughs> also though allegedly. do we get any insight at all into the other girl who's in this costume
0: no like she has a name i forget it it's like a hyphenated it's name. ellie may i think yes and she becomes lisa's new best friend after they dump Fliss for tattling
1: Mm-mm, no it's that's a different girl really yeah there's it's like it's not Stephanie, but it makes me think of Stephanie. It's like Tiffany, maybe. Mm. <laughs> but there's there's a whole other girl who's like the new friend. Ellie Mae, I don't think ever speaks in this entire book. She's just in this dragon. She's just a girl that's there. Who's to say? Jennifer? It's not Jennifer. Vicky. No. Yes, Vicky. No, Vicky's, Vicky's the one that becomes Fliss's friend. Oh, okay. Then I corrected you incorrectly and I'm going to have to cut all this you were right i thought you were saying (laughs) no leave it in
0: leave your shame
1: (laughs) yeah i thought you were saying in my defense fliss and lisa do sound a little similar they do
0: all of the names in here were so similar i just wanted to mm, throw in some hard consonant sounds people Mm -hmm. come on what was i okay yeah so then the police get involved and They never seem to get anywhere because while they are suspicious of Gary, like, they can't be like, you're a dragon. Got him. (laughs) Book him, boys. He's a dragon.
1: We got a classic 1090A over here. Teenager being a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) You're under arrest for suspicions of being a dragon.
0: No, no, I just have scaly feet. It's I just have
1: eczema, (laughs) and I have heartburn. It's a thing, okay? Like, please, please, I ate a lot of garlic. I know my breath is bad. (laughs) What do you
0: mean there are three other kids behind me holding onto my shoulders as we're wearing a dragon costume? We're not dragons. We're not.
1: I've never even heard of it. What is that, dragon?
0: <laughs> How'd you pronounce that? Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although, I guess to be fair, they were all calling it a worm anyway.
0: Yeah, none of them said dragon in the book. It was worm, which I didn't want to say because
1: it's dumb. Like, so... <laughs> I get it. It's the old English W-Y-R-M or whatever is what the, the, it sounds But that's not dumb. how it's spelled in the book. Worm. Right, right. And like worms mm-hmm. are worms now. Like,. Worms are a thing now. Yeah. That's not this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it a dragon and be done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then the day of the play arrives, and everything starts off fine-ish, but during the scene where the dragon is supposed to be carting off villagers, the kids in the costume like so they take the two the first two kids away and they're supposed to come back for a third, but as they're like behind this this screen, they they go behind the screen as kids in the costume and they come out as a real dragon that breathes actual fire. <laughs>
1: Nothing is explained.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs)
1: Uh.
0: The the dragon just, like, terrorizes everyone. And everyone is, like, screaming and trying to run away, except for these military men. They're like, let's get in our big military vehicle and try and crash into the dragon. But then they go to do that, and it turns out some civilians had already gotten into their vehicle and drove it away (laughs) to escape, which I thought was very good.
1: <laughs> Which I tell you what though, that kind of shit would not fly over here in America, Britain.
0: <laughs> they would have been shot dead. Oh, for sure. <laughs> every every festival goer would have pulled out their seven guns and shot the dragon child. <laughs> oh. oh no.
1: This is why we need Good our guys guns. Guys with guns to prevent- kill
0: dragons, okay?
1: <laughs> we need our guns to prevent from the dragon attacks. <laughs>
0: gun reform but what about the dragons
1: yes we've had eight million mass shootings this year alone and i'm talking since january 1st but how many dragons have successfully attacked the school fair in america zero zero check zero mate
0: checkmate liberals (laughs) (laughs) oh my god please don't do guns guys (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so fliss is like hmm guess i gotta fight this thing and she goes up with her little plastic sword and is like poking at the dragon with it and the dragon's like nah bitch and slaps out of her hands and she's like i guess i got to duck and weave now <laughs> so she's doing that all around she gets real tired she falls down in the grass and like no fliss and she's like it's fine she reaches out to touch the dragon and Poof! It's kids in a costume
1: again. I think. Okay, I think because there's a part with this where there's a woman who almost gets injured, and is it her that she's trying to protect when the dragon finally goes poof? Possibly, because maybe that's the thing. Like someone, because it's like her being self sacrificing in order to protect an innocent, Let's see. and that's supposed to be like like Saint Curd 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 Curdwin. Like, it's supposed to be like that. Like, that's how you defeat the dragon is, like, by, like, protecting other people or something. But this was my thing. Like, I wanted to know more about the dragon attack that was a thousand years ago. Because I was like, that could have been a way to, like, make this more clear if they, like, were like, oh, yeah, this dragon thing a thousand years ago. And, like, it people around the town started acting strange. And, like, it became... They turned into a dragon. I don't know. Better than that. Better than the thing I just said. But if it was like clear that this is like a dragon spirit that possesses people. But as it was, it was like there was a dragon a thousand years ago and it just became yes. a spirit and hung around for a thousand years and then some possessed some 13 year olds, which is like very wild.
0: Yeah. Like it just waits for kids to make a dragon costume <laughs> so I can inhabit it just, and live once again.
1: It's just the paper mache technology was not available before 1990. So, like, what is the dragon <laughs> supposed to do? Uh,
0: poor dragon.
1: Poor dragon. Hashtag
0: the dragon did nothing wrong. It just wanted a body, you guys. We took away its body.
1: The dragon did nothing wrong. And I also want to point out this book. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to post this, but this book does have illustrations at the start of each chapter showing the dragon getting yeah. more and more intense. Which I is, quite like that. Yeah, which is very cool. But I would like you to go to chapter five he's my best friend let's see
0: <laughs> it looks like if you took an oven mitt and just and made a dinosaur he's with the it best thing that I've is ever that seen. he's so that's how it should have looked like that's how I it should have been in the play
1: i think it probably was like that was the level that these children could get to and then the rest was just dragon spirit yeah dragon magic
0: Hmm. so the whole town like just writes off this event as some mass hysteria and all the kids are like left with ptsd it's fine the end (laughs) (laughs) that's the end of
1: this book here's my question Mm -hmm. this book is the second (laughs) book in a series right yeah so fuck is the first book about
0: the first one is, like, I think they all go to a hotel or something and some spooky stuff happens. But it's all the same characters.
1: Hmm. 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 So, hmm. I don't like that. Uh-
0: <laughs> I think that sounds, like, scarier to me because yeah, spooky but hotels are I scary feel-
1: but dragons are not scary. I feel like, again, then, in that case, it's a it's an issue of response right if these exacts if these are the same exact kids like the same ones were the main characters they should be way mm. more freaked out at the beginning of this they should be like oh shit shit's going down again because we already dealt with this once it's going down hotel. for
0: real right <laughs> <laughs> we just lived through this um well this book was published in 1989 but i don't think it was four real years between
1: certainly not because they would have been nine well i don't know i guess maybe yeah spooky hotel with nine-year-olds sounds great well that was the well, it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess uh what do we want from this uh genre or trope i guess really this isn't necessarily a genre in the future
0: i want to find something more age-appropriate i think mm-hmm, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of potential here with um this idea of the play that they're all acting out coming to life um and we kind of saw a little bit in uh, Juliet Immortal. Is that what it was called?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The yeah, Romeo and Juliet shit that we read ages ago. A little bit, except for, like, in the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they came to life, and then they also put on the play.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> a also would like, kind of along the lines of more age-appropriate, I would like it, if it is going to be spooky... I would like it to be a lot more spooky and the stakes to be higher. Because I get that these are 13-year-olds, so we can't kill people, like, quite Mm. as much as I wanted them to. But I was a little bit like, all right. Rats. This dragon has caused some minor property damage and burned up some sky rats. So, like, I'm very sorry for the sky rats. That is very sad for that man who loved these sky rats. But at the same time, (laughs) someone does need to die for me to be invested in this terrible terrifying dragon that the military is afraid of
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so and i know we don't like mysteries but there probably is like a lot of room for like murder mysteries happening Mm. like oh the play they're just acting out the play
1: and you know that kind of thing yeah i think that would take it a little bit into the realm of realism which i don't know if Mm. i don't i don't know if that fully fulfills the brief but i guess it would It doesn't have to be literally coming to life. It could be a, you know, murder, sociopath acting it out, I suppose. Um, But yeah. 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 We might have to be a little bit
0: more loose with this one. Unless, Elliot, if you have any more suggestions for us, we'd love to take them.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, having read this, do you have any suggestions for uh, books people might want to check out or like books this reminded you of or?
0: I kind of struggle with this one a little bit. Um, it reminded me a little bit about um, or it reminded me a little bit of Ray Bradbury's um The Halloween Tree, mm. which I haven't read in a long time, but it's essentially the tale of some boys around the same age as the ones in this book, and one of them goes missing, and the others have to go look for him, but like They get the help of this, like, supernatural being and they travel all through history and time to try and find this other kid. And there's a lot of spooky shenanigans. But that was kind of, like, the only scary-ish book I could think of around this age. And so then I was like, well, what are some other books with dragons? Well, we've already talked about them already on the podcast, um, and then I was like, "Well, what books have I read lately?" And I was like, mm, "Only books for this podcast." So <laughs> I had a that was like my best thing I could come up with.
1: Well, well what I about gifts? Um, yeah, I did. I it. actually did have one that I was like, "This super is ringing a lot of bells for me." It's not in the same genre at all in any way, and I might have even talked about it before. I know we've talked about briefly this author slash illustrator uh mm-hmm. noelle stevenson's Nimona. oh yeah i haven't read that one yet it's one of my favorite graphic novels um it's about a pair of nemesis, nemesi who uh <laughs> also are falling in love and <laughs> <laughs> and, wonderful. Um, the main, the titular character Nimona is a girl. She gets adopted by one of them essentially or like taken on as like a minion by the evil dude and she slowly turns into a dragon. So like there's that. Ah. So kind of that like vibe of like the turning into a dragon thing. That's when I mentioned earlier that like I felt like maybe this whole thing was like a metaphor for puberty. There was like this moment towards the end where they're like talking about like the kids are like talking about how They have all this like hate and like anger bottled up and they just want to take it out on somebody Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter who. And I was like, okay, yeah, I do get that as like someone who lived through puberty and just being like mad about nothing and just annoyed (laughs) at the world. Like I was like, okay, maybe that's what this is about. And I think that Nimona also uses uses the whole like transformation thing as like a very like, you know, metaphorical sort of moment in the book. yeah. I
0: wish it was I wish it was there was more layers to it but
1: yeah I think there might be I mean I don't know I don't want to do a whole paper on it so I'm not going to dig too far into if there's if the dragon (laughs) equals puberty in this but might have been (laughs) (sighs) anyway anyway um so next week that's right week we're doing weekly shows now guys uh, next da, week, we, da, da, da. yay! Next week we are finally making our animorphs comeback Yes, with um, animorphs so book nine, ten, number nine, the secret, number nine. Um, so check that out. And then the week after that, we are going to be wrapping up our cyberpunk unit. Which Anna, you have the final book for that,
0: if you all recall. M's issues with cyberpunk stem from. Not enough focus on the characters. They are confusing. And they all seem to use this silly made-up technology to explain away other silly made-up technology. So there's, like, no real stakes, right? Mm -hmm. So. And also, they're long. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that was one of my gripes. I don't know. (laughs) So I've had this book kind of, like, in the back of my mind since we decided to start. With the units, and um, I think like the more you were talking about how you didn't like cyberpunk, I'm hoping this fulfills a lot of um, of your needs for the genre. Okay. Because the one thing I have been reading in the reviews for this book is that a lot of people can relate to the main character. There's a lot of really good characterization.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So we will be reading, and I don't, and I don't think. Sorry, I'm going to delay telling the <laughs> title. I don't think like the actual. <laughs> i don't think the actual technology is what is um at issue i think there's something else that's a mystery Okay. But again there's still that kind of mystery aspect to it i don't think you can quite get rid of that in most cyberpunk yeah. but and and this is like a relatively new release too this came out in 2017 it is all systems read by martha wells the first book in the Murderbot diaries which I have only heard good things about. Okay. And there's one line in the synopsis that kind of sold me on this, maybe being a book for M, because it says right here, (laughs) Murderbot is scornful of humans. All it really wants is to be left alone long enough to figure out who it is. (laughs)
1: Listen, you don't have to read me like that on this podcast. (laughs) 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 incredibly rude incredibly i can't believe you've done this good (laughs) excited to read this book about you (laughs) all right so that'll be two weeks from now next week we week we've got animorphs coming up um, in the meantime mm-hmm. if you know what tweens are please tweet at us at shelfwarecast on Twitter um, or if you have your own submissions for either units or specific books we do do one-off uh, submissions if you have something you'd like us to cover um, you can email us shelfwarecast at gmail.com
0: uh, as always thank you to Ben cope for the use of our theme song you can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below and we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because we are now going to be weekly. We are going to be talking about Animorphs. And I am so pumped for this. I hope you are too. Um, like, I mean, our, our regular podcast is also very good. I'm not knocking it at all. But Animorphs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I finished the book already That the, for the one that we're recording for next week. And... Mmm, so good. So tasty. I haven't read it yet. Don't Not in the Sebastian like way, tasty, because they are tweens.
1: <laughs> good, good. Glad you clarified.
0: Different levels of tasty. That's a different podcast.
1: <laughs> One that we will not be hosting.
0: <laughs> no, someone else tasty probably tweens? has. Tasty like,
1: tweens? What?
0: No, just like, lo- things that are tasty and how.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Tasty takes. Tasty takes. That's our new podcast coming
1: up soon on Disney (laughs) Plus. If you would like some stickers, we're doing a sticker giveaway. Email us for deets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just email us and be like, "I want stickers." We'll be like, "All right, here's some stickers." (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if you use Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a five star review. If you don't use Apple a podcast, you can review us anywhere your heart desires. You can even use your mouth to tell people about this podcast into their ears, into their tasty ears.
1: <laughs> We're going to need to have a chat post podcast <laughs> about using the word tasty.
0: Mmm. Can't wait. It sounds tasty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In the words of Robert Swindles, All she can think is Tuesday night. It happened Tuesday night and they were out. I know because I went round and there was nobody there. It was them, and on Saturday, I've got to face them or it. On Saturday, I'm the pigeon.
0: (laughs) You're the sky rat. Except I got to sneeze.
1: Do it. Live your best life. Sneeze on the microphone. It's not happening. Oh, no. <sighs> Performance anxiety. <It> didn't happen. <laughs> Pourquoi?
0: <laughs>